Hello and welcome to Take 97, a film podcast with me, your host, David Ingram. On today's episode, we shall be talking to a legend uh, amongst many of us who know him. Um, <clears throat> he's quite a celebrity in the local area of Oxfordshire, uh, and those of us who know him from either education-based establishments or even just in the world of the film industry. Now, the man I'm talking about, uh, he's an expert in martial arts, uh, stunts, and he's an actor, and so many more things. I, I could list and list these things on, go on and on and on. But I'm going to let him do a little bit of the talking about himself in a moment. Uh, but the man I'm talking about is John Sher Zhang. I hope I've said that correctly. <laughs> he's nodding on the other end of the video, so I'm, I'm getting this right. Uh, so how are you doing? Welcome to the podcast, John. Thank you, David, for having me. It's a real honor to be here. And uh, yeah, no, I'm very excited for this. Oh, that's good. I mean, obviously, um, as you can probably hear, I've got John on a video link right now um, because of the, the joys of uh, seeing each other. I mean, obviously, we're not in major lockdown right now, but just getting to see people has become so much harder these days and also getting back to normal, uh, which is in a way a good thing. But, you know, obviously we hope things to get a little bit more normal as we go through into the world of cinema, as I was discussing with some of my guests on the couple, past couple of episodes. Uh, so, John, how's, um, how was the lockdown period for you? How, how were you doing in, in your daily life or anything? Did you get up to anything interesting? So, uh, yeah, um, lockdown has actually been fine for me, it's been business as usual. Um, I think the only thing that's really changed is that I've, uh, uh, I haven't really been to the gym just because the gyms have been closed. Um, aside from that, no, everything has uh, been the same, but I've taken the opportunity to uh, be as productive with my time as possible like, and do things that I didn't have the time to do previously. So uh, I just published a book called The Martial Heart, um, it's available on Amazon. It's available on my website as a ebook also, and um, I think within about a week or two, I will be releasing a piano album also. Um, <laughs> so um, I'm also working on a second book um, just to keep busy. But I've uh, worked on the pre-production on a few different films, uh, three different films I've, I've been doing the pre-production of, and um, I've just wrapped on a Skype-based series called Humanity. And the trailer dropped today, so it's been a busy, busy old time. <laughs> so, obviously, um, as of the recording this, when he says today, so it's probably widely available now, so I'd highly encourage you guys, uh, listeners, to go and check that out right away. And all the other many things that he's just plugged there, which is always, it's always good to get a good plug in. He got three in, so, or four. Uh, so, <laughs> it's always good. Um, but honestly, John, it's just an honour to have you on the podcast, because, and the reason why I say this is because of your many many credits i mean you start i mean I, i'm going to talk to you a little bit more about like your beginnings and stuff but just to give people a bit of context about um what john has experienced uh he has experience of the, his film credits include the gentleman from last year 2019 the guy ritchie film uh dr Stra marvel's dr strange from 2016 and uh we're not allowed to say too much about this because it hasn't come out yet but he's also been involved in marvel's the eternals uh which i hear was quite a fun experience by all accounts uh but we'll get to a little bit more of that in a moment uh and fast and furious presents Hobbs and Shaw uh, with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which if anybody knows John and knows his profile picture, it, you know, you know he's tight with The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you say that you have a very good relationship with The Rock post uh, Hobbs and Shaw? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I
So uh, I only spent a day with him um, for that one scene. So I, I actually only spent that day with him. Though uh, I think because um, he had thrown me, the scene was he throws me over a table. And um, we did four takes of that. And then the last shot of the day was to do the same shot, but from a different angle. And um, so I felt I had built enough equity with him to, to just talk to him more in a more informal way. And um, he was very kind and very, uh, very professional. But also exceptionally large. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th this is coming from from a guy. Um, obviously, um, guys, we, uh, people, listeners at home, if you um, if you check out, uh, I will send leave a link for John's relative social medias and stuff after the show. But um, if you see John, he's by no means least the smallest of guys. He's he, he's a very tough guy. Um, but for, so for John to say that obviously the Rock is a massive guy, you know, it's got it's got to be something. Um, but you know, so it's safe to say that you met your match. Would you say then, in terms of your celebrity oh, celebrity yeah, counterpart? I mean, he was. Um, I mean, he's six foot five, and he's. Um, I think he's about two hundred and fifty pounds. So Ooh. I'm. Five foot nine on a good day. Uh, on a good day. So yeah, he outweighs me by about ten, fifteen pounds, I reckon. But he's a big dude, and um, he's larger than life, yet so down to earth. And um, it's very humbling to have worked with someone on that echelon, and um, for him to show so much kindness and um, patience as well. And um, you know, I think certainly he's a very good role model. <laughs> yes, uh, and honestly, everybody. I mean, you can't not love The Rock for all of his like, all of his many many things. E even I'd, I'm going to be controversial. I I always like a little bit of controversy. Um, it's not a it's not a good film by any stance, but you know he he did. I thought he brought something to Baywatch. You know, I honestly thought he brought something to that. <laughs> you know, I, it, it was a it's one of those films where I think you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You know, he's in he's in Hobbs and Shaw. He's in all these like um Jumanji, all these loads of many blockbusters and like amazing films where it's the Rock. Um, and you know, obviously it's WWE days. Um, but I I do feel like for a, for a bit of light entertainment, even if if it is not the best piece of cinema uh, that the world has ever seen. Um, check out Baywatch, everyone who's listening. If you haven't been scarred already, um, <laughs> um, I think it's the difference between making an Oscar-winning film and a blockbuster because two, the two can be very different in uh, in styles. You know, I think his films will certainly um, sell very well, um, and I think he was one of the most if not the most bankable uh, actors of uh, of past few years, for sure. But yeah, no, he's um, like uh, from everything you ever see about him on social media. I I'm pleased to say that um, it's all true. He is very nice, very kind, and same with Keanu Reeves, actually, um, who I had the pleasure of working with about nine years ago. And um, Keanu Reeves is so incredibly normal that you can just talk to him and you don't feel nervous around him but you, you, you lose the nerves after a very short pe um, period of time just because he's so you know he's so interested in you he wants to know more about you and he wants to find out um, what it is you do you know is this your first film are you enjoying it and you know when I I think with Keanu Reeves for instance he, he's just a great guy and I've had the pleasure and I've been very fortunate enough to 
have worked with some of these guys who are just amazing people. And it's like film is what they do for a living, but who they are is so much more. And um, you get um, certain actors who are, wow, it's like, you're, you're just amazing, you know? And <laughs> so it's aspiring and it's aspirational and inspirational for me. Yeah, is that so? Obviously, you talk about aspirational and inspirational. That's the sort of qualities that you uh, get from meeting these uh, illustrious actors and amazing people. Um, Would you say, I I, want to sort of take things back a little bit to how you started with this all? Because obviously, if for some people who know you just from uh, from Oxford Brooks or the Oxford mm. area uh, or SAE um, to get to name a few institutions that you've been uh, associated with and the people there. Um, how did you get into this whole mindset of like, like, did you dream of becoming a stunt performer or like becoming this super tough guy that might rub shoulders with another super tough guy? <laughs> well, you know, I think when I was younger, um, I always loved performing and, um, you know, I was inspired by a lot of different actors, ranging from someone like Jet Li through to Robin Williams, you know, uh, like mm. Mrs. Doubtfire. I, I loved performing. And, of course, um, as I was growing up, I thought, right, but, you know, maybe it's best that I follow a career that's going to pay me a, a, a living wage, shall we say. Yeah. So, um, for sure, I, I definitely played it safe, but part of me always wanted to do film. and. Mm. I thought I could always do film on the side, but um, as a child, I always wanted to be a superhero. And if I couldn't be a superhero in real life, I would settle for playing one in a film um, mm. or a baddie in a film, you know, anything in film. And it's like, uh, um, so when I saw, well, my brother saw an open audition for 47 Ronin and he said, let's go for it. You know, let's just see, see what it's about. And uh, I had just finished doing my masters at the time so i thought right i've got plenty of time so let's let's go do it and uh yeah um one thing led to another but it's like i think the um you know i'm very grateful to have had um stunt coordinators and um you know fight choreographers who who liked me and believed in me to call me back for different projects um for instance i had a gentleman named Vincent, who, who who is one of the guys I look up to for sure, um, Vincent Wang. He liked me and he got me uh, back a few years later for 24. And then he got me back for Doctor Strange. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I've, I, I'm exceptionally honored to have worked with him because, you know, he, he's always been so nurturing of, of me as well and very encouraging of me. And... Um, yeah, so it's like when you've got people who walk the steps that you are that you are walking yourself, they walk the path that you are walking down, and they believe in you, and they have, um, you know, they like you. <laughs> yes, no, that's the most important thing, isn't it? It's like just making that, I mean, people say, obviously, oh, first impressions count the most, but I don't know, I feel with you, John, I feel like the way, like, based on your experiences, you, like, your, your sudden rise now to, I say fame, I mean, like, lots of local fame, and hopefully even more um, success going your way, I really hope so for you, I really do, because you're such a nice guy. Um, before coming on to the podcast, I really, like, 
I wanted to ask, um, just to let you guys know for a bit of context, I wanted to ask John onto the podcast anyway at some point later on in the series. I didn't actually anticipate him to be on this early, um, but he popped up. He asked me if he if he wanted to come on, and, you know, this is where we are. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll be honest, it's like, um, I think having listened to some of uh, your, your previous episodes as well, um, I was like, oh, yeah, uh, nice. You know, this looks like a lot, it sounds like a lot of fun. And certainly because you've had, the likes of uh, Ben and Gov. Yes. I thought this early on, I need to bring some class to the uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Oh, it's it, yeah. You, do you know what I mean? You know, we've had se- I've had several discussions with um, uh, with, with with the fellow guests that I've had on before, including the ones you've just mentioned, uh, uh, Ben and Gov. Uh, they have a nice little rivalry going on between them in terms of uh, who could out better themselves. Uh, but I just. Uh, yeah, we we are truly blessed to have you on the podcast right now, and um, we're going to spark you. some more debate. You know, we're not going to have film debate now. It's going to be who's the better guest. <laughs> you know, I'm just here to add more fuel to the fire between the two. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> add some oil, add some oil or petrol onto the top of that already burning fire. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you know, literally, you can imagine. I mean, because of your profession, actually, in a serious respect, but also in a slightly jokey perspective, I can imagine there'd be like a standoff. Between between um between Gov and Ben and you just be there to like deliver the final punch uh wearing your Bane mask which I just want to point out for anyone who does eventually um I will again like I said link to John's social medias and various website and stuff um he has posted pictures of himself with a Bane mask and has gone out I believe you went out in public I think during mm-hmm. dur- uh, towards the tail end of this lockdown you've been out in public like the whole oh you need to wear a mask um well I've got a mask uh, it's a pretty epic one as well uh, is that a pr- is that a pr- like a like a fan made prop that you bought online or so um I, it's something I bought off Amazon the day it came out the day it got released um on Amazon so um just because when I watched the Dark Knight Rises in the cinema, I think yeah, it was amazing, wasn't it? That, yeah, I mean, because normally what I used to do was for Halloween I would dress up as uh, Riddick from Pitch Black or Chronicles of Riddick. Oh yes, and, yes. Um, yeah, to be honest, it's a really easy get up because you know you just wear you know grey trousers and and a black vest top and some uh, welding goggles, and um, that was the easiest thing, and then. You know, sometimes I would dress up as Dominic Toretto, where I change the color of my vest up to a white one and just wear jeans instead and a, and a <laughs> necklace. So um, anything Vin Diesel ever did was always really easy for me to um, emulate. But then when Dark Knight Rises came out, I thought, oh my goodness, Halloween is going to be insane. So um, I made sure that, um, so for the past eight years, for the, well, apart from last year, but for the most part, uh, I just went in as Bane um, for <laughs> Halloween parties and all that. And not just Halloween either. I would go out. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, this um, is, thought... guys, this is his usual get up, you know. Uh, it's it's just normal, you know. Like, he is, but I mean, you know, all these rumours that Tom Hardy played Bane, you know, come on. <laughs> we all know who the real Bane was. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I think I have spent longer being Bane Dressing up as Bane than Tom Hardy was uh, on the film. So, <laughs> and, uh, like, um, I remember I was at this Halloween party and um, I had the mask. And the thing is, I can't breathe in a mask particularly well. But mm. um, 
anytime I had it on, I had to stay in character. And um, this guy was like, um, you know, one of these other guys at this party, he's like, yeah, you know, so, oh, I wrote off my car last last week. It was awful and all that. And of course, you know, I'd be there listening as a big deal. You know, I once crashed a plane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And, and the, the, the thing is, though, like you just demonstrated ever so well for us. And I'm sure like when I eventually when we eventually get back to some sort of normality, when uh, I can arrange a time to actually meet you in person as well. And like things are better schedule wise. I really want to just do a full on episode or at least half an episode with you just speaking in Bane's voice. I think that would be. I think that'd be one of the pinnacles of my podcast so far. So, of course, <laughs> of course, that'd be great. I mean, I think Bane does Bane does Christmas. I feel that that that's something we should get trending. John does Bane does Christmas. That that I think we need to get that trending. Um, guys, get on the uh, Twitter hash, uh, hashtag uh, John does Bane does Christmas. Uh, 2020 that's that's coming to your podcast ears very soon. Um, but obviously, jokes aside, um, obviously, like you say, um. We're talking about all these. Uh, the reason why I had you on, obviously, you're just such a legend. You've got great credits um, from films, and you know it's you know it's nice to actually you know really cool to know someone so connected. Um, but I wanted to sort of touch on a few like gen not general notes, but like a few notes on um, uh, stuntmen and martial arts uh, or stuntmen and women, should I say actually? Because I, I the what I'm a big fan of Zoe Bell. I do love Zoe Bell. Um, but uh, <laughs> there's many others, but I'm a great fan of Zoe Bell from the Tarantino uh, uh, side of things. But I just want to ask you, as someone who's experienced uh, stunts themselves within the industry and just in general in your like preparation. So, because obviously for people who don't know John, he that he, he's majorly into his mar- martial arts. Uh, he does like self defense classes as well in his own free time as well, which is out of the goodness of his own heart. Uh, he's just a gen- generally generally good guy, really. And I just want to ask you, wh- where did you get like? Obviously, we talked about your initial um, inspiration to get into like acting, performance, and all that stuff, and how you got to where you are today. But I just like to ask you, uh, like, what was your sort of like? Wh- when did you finally feel like? you know what, I've made it, I, I, I've, I finally, you know, this is what I want to do now, I'm going to stick with this, like, how long did it take you to sort of get to your, uh, the moment where you're like, this is my everyday, this is normal? Um, hmm, uh, that's a very good question, because I, I don't think I've made it yet, I think there's still, <laughs> there's, I think the ocean goes a lot deeper, and hmm. um, I've had some very, um, some really good breaks, and I've had some exceptional opportunities and i've had um i think uh when i i think when i did a uh, short film called flux back in 2014 um and it was just about a, a mixture of different performers who got together separately i mean it's all shot separately um, yeah. and it's all mashed together and yeah we we won awards um around around the us mm. which was incredible so i thought wow that's amazing you know and then um, I think what put me on the map a bit more was um, it was it was a very busy weekend, shall we say? Because it was uh, on the Friday I was on the Brit Awards with my friend David Chung, um, mm. who is the weird Snickers dude. When Mr. Bean eats a Snickers, it turns into a Chinese guy. Oh, back. We, we, <laughs> There, there is. We, we troll each other a lot. I'll come back to that in a bit. But yeah. So we, <laughs> we, uh, so 
we did that together from the Brit Awards, and then um, that was on the Friday. Then on the Saturday, I was on Take Me Out. Um, so oh, I was on yes. national television uh, twice within a couple of days, um, you know, on two separate uh, shows on same, well, some of ITV. And three million people watched that episode. And um, when I, the night that we watched it, the amount of, um, I think my Instagram following went up. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, got, I got, I think, about 400 friend requests on Facebook. And, oh, uh, someone's popular. Uh, <laughs> all these really nice messages. And on the Sunday when I went into town, um, people recognized me. I thought, mm. oh my goodness, you know, it's... <laughs> it really <laughs> hit off. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't believe it. And the thing is, four years after that, people still point at me and say, hey, you're that guy off that dating show. I'm like, yeah. It's like um, literally just the other day at the petrol station, at, I think half one in the morning, um, someone, um, well, there was a car with a group of about three or four and uh, they were looking my way. I thought, ooh, I don't like the look of this. They opened the window and said, you're off, take me out. You're off. We all watch it together. And I thought, what are you lads doing on a Saturday night watching watching <laughs> watching Take Me Out together? And um, I mean, I mean, clearly they just love you so much that like it's just you know. I mean, maybe what maybe there's a hidden story behind this. Maybe um maybe they maybe it's not a case of they just caught it on a repeat late at night. Maybe they they watched it the first time and they loved you so much that they got it like recorded somewhere. Like they've got like hard copies everywhere. Like you know they deal with their friends and they're just like check out check out John. Like gee, he's such a oh, such a man. <laughs> maybe it that's the really, maybe. Here's the really bizarre thing. Um, I had so many girls messaging me saying, hey, um, and they would send me a message in a group with their boyfriends. And <laughs> they would say, hey, Jim, we've just seen you on Take Me Out. Can you teach my boyfriend on how to be a gentleman? And I'm like, no, what is this? This is so awkward. You know? Oh, that's insane. Um, I feel, I don't want to interrupt you too much, but I feel because you mentioned the, ter the word gentleman, I feel we should mention this because it's probably sure, it's yeah. one of your most recent ventures in terms yes. of your Hollywood uh, fray of work. Uh, and I, I just there's so many so many questions I'd like to ask, so many things I'd like to say, but I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in with this one. Um, you've uh, I've been told that you've um, worked with so with our guest like we mentioned before, Govin Chandran. Um, you've worked yes. with him a little bit, not very much, but you've got a couple of things, uh, something coming up soon as well. But I would just like to ask, in the little moment that you did work with um, with Gov, uh, could you possibly even give us like a comparison? What was it like? So was it um, who was better to work for, Guy Ritchie or Govin Chandran? Or oh, work God, with Guy Ritchie, absolutely, Guy Ritchie. Yeah, <laughs> Gov is a slave master. You know, I mean, I've known Gov, you know, the better half of ten years, and uh, there is a reason why we haven't worked together much. <laughs> you know what? When that boy cracks his whip, you know, it's um, it's not figurative. <laughs> oh God! Is I I'm just I'm re I really am looking forward to when this drops and when or when he listens to this eventually. I just or when someone tells him about it. He doesn't even listen to it. He just it, someone tells him off off hand. It'd be brilliant. Um, but no, uh, we touch on obviously you worked with Guy Ritchie. Um, what on a serious note, what was that like? Like so, obviously, is the guy behind um Lock Stock and yes. the uh the Sherlock Holmes with uh Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law, and then he gets to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he was 
Um, I've never known anyone so confident in knowing what he wants because he has such a vision and it's like, wow, like he knows what the shot looks like. He wants this, he wants that. So he's very specific with that, which I loved. And um, his first AD, uh, Max Keane, um, also a bit of a legend himself. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Such a professional group of guys to work with. Like, I couldn't believe um, just uh, with them, it was like, right, this, this, this. And, and they, they were so professional, so good. I thought, wow, okay, this is, uh, I'm, in, I'm in some amazing company here. Yeah. And um, I think Guy Ritchie, he, um, he was very nice to me. Very, yeah. very nice to me. And um, I, I remember one, uh, it was the second day that I'd been there. He came over. He walked past me and he just like, um, just rub my sleeve and just just to say hi and nodded my and nodded his head yeah and um, i thought that was really really kind of him and i think um he it's like there, there is a photograph someone took the photograph it wasn't me who took it but mm. there's a photograph of him on his director's chair watching a monitor and i'm on the monitor and oh, if it, anyone it's... anyone if anyone in the industry does pick this podcast up and knows you and has that image and is listening right now, please tweet it to Take97Podcast on Twitter. Please tweet it, because I, I... Or if anyone's got it, because they, they're a secret it. John fan. It. Oh, you got it. <laughs> I've got it. <laughs> oh, well, by all means, send it to me afterwards, because I want to see that I picture. Will, oh, yeah. that, that that I mean, you've just described that to me, but I can imagine that's one of those like moments where you're sat there thinking, God, I've got a Hollywood director looking at my face on a monitor. And, he, and he's and he's just touched my sleeve as well. That's that's the other <laughs> thing. <laughs> he touched me. <laughs> like super kind and, and um, yeah, like very assertive. Um, that yeah. kind of assertion is is like, you know, it was a, the assertion and the confidence that in which he had and in in his directing style as well. I thought, wow, okay, you know, hmm. um, he knew exactly what he wanted, how he wanted it, when where who you know it was so specific with him i thought yeah. wow you know so, i suppose um, that um makes your job really in terms of your like the the stunts and stuff that makes your job like much easier for like to have a director that knows the placements of everything because have you been i was going to say have you been on any like productions where obviously you've had to perform some stunts or like some form of martial arts anything like that and not saying the director doesn't know what they want, but have you ever been on like a set? Um, you don't have to name names, but have you been on a set before where it's like they want you to do something, but it's like, oh, John, just do your thing, and you feel like you need a bit more direction. Have you ever like had a little less precision yes. than you'd ever wanted before? Yes, I mean normally if if I'm brought on as a choreographer for a independent film or even a student film, yeah. um, like uh, I like to be given freedom. Um, so long as it's within the, the realms of the story, so that, so it's like uh, so long as um, if you've got say two guys fighting in a pub, for instance, yeah, you're not going to be adding somersaults to it. No, sure. <laughs> um, but I think um, yeah, certainly I've worked on some larger projects, some big projects where the director uh, may not have known the intricacies of what they were looking for and, and the difficulties of that. Um, it's like actually I want it done this way. Like, yeah. well, we're gonna have to take time to set up the rig and all that and do do it this way instead. Yeah. And so that's gonna push take us back a few hours. Uh, you, you know what I mean? So it's like, um, and I think you you'll get that with less experienced directors, for instance. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, we all start somewhere. Yeah. Um, 
And the thing is, where I started was, um, you know, like uh, I had auditioned for 47 Ronin, but then since then, it doesn't matter what um, the scale of the project, it doesn't matter if it's a, you know, $50 million budget or a, you know, 50 pound budget, you know what I mean? It's like, um, yeah. I will still work on a student set. Mm. You know, I will still, anytime, so when I do guest lectures for um, Brooks University, SA Institute, or wherever, even at different colleges, if I do guest lectures, I always say, look, get in touch if you want um, me to help you out with your student film. I absolutely will. Schedule permitting, I absolutely will. Yeah. Just because as an actor, you will have times where it's not busy. Yeah. So I like to fill that time with other things. And if I can fill my time with, say, um, with student films, so much the better. And how I am on a huge film set is exactly the same to, or how I would be on a student set. It, it is the same film set etiquette. And I'll, I will arrive on time and I will give you everything. You know, yeah. um, you see, you actually, you know, it's, you've done a really good job there because actually that was actually going to be one of my questions. Like, do you have a different work ethic between the big Hollywood uh, professional um, stuff and the independent stuff like student filmmaking? And I feel like for anyone listening to this, obviously, John has has basically offered his services, services to the world. Uh, so uh, he's available uh, <laughs> when he can be. Um, but no, honestly, that's such, it's such actually a nice, refreshing, um, I mean, I haven't spoken to many, people who have been involved in big Hollywood films, you're probably the first. Um, <laughs> uh, probably the first of, like, a, only a couple, I think, because I, I, I know a couple of people that have done extra work. But other than that, like, you're probably one of the first people I've spoken to, and I really, you know, I've got this understanding, and I'm hopefully people who are listening will understand this as well, that, you know, there are several types of people in the in the industry, and it is a tough industry. But yeah. just listening to you, I do feel that a little bit of hope... I mean, not saying that hope was destroyed, but hope has sort of been restored for anyone who may or may not have been a bit like been a bit uncertain then, shall we say, mm. of what they want to do. And, you know, if they're thinking of, oh, I want to do like a maybe not not like a not a massive rip off of like a big Mission Impossible scene yeah. or something, but like do their own film and have a stunt in it. And they're a student filmmaker and they you know, if they are local, if they're in the Oxford area, obviously give you a call. But like, you know, Absolutely. they won't feel too intimidated to ask the questions to the people they think, you know, just give it a try, give it a punt. I think that is your, would you say that's your philosophy really? Like, Absolutely. I mean, um, I have a, so with me, I'm transparent and I like to be honest with everything. So, you know, whether someone likes it or not, I see honesty if you're if you if you're both of those things, no one can ever say a bad thing about you, really. So, yeah. and I think um, certainly what I want to do is um, I, I always want to help people wherever I can, whenever I can. And onset etiquette is the same wherever you go. It doesn't matter if it's a big film or a small film. You know, I'm, I'm committed to it. And um, I think uh, when you are, if you are someone who wants to get into the film industry or any creative media industry uh, for that matter, if you want to be a musician, dancer, actor, stunt performer, the world is big enough for everyone to have what they want to achieve. You know, and it's like, uh, I don't think we should ever doubt ourselves at, at all. I, I never doubted that I would get to where I am now, and I won't doubt how, how much further I'll go. Mm. Um, and I think 
there is more than enough for all of us to make it, you know. And yeah. we only make it together, united. So it's like um, if I work with someone, for instance, that person later on down their career might go on to do something incredible. Yeah. And I will be honored to say that, hey, I work with that guy yeah. when he was just a student. You know? Yeah. And um, that's so, so important to me because I think we we grow as people, we grow as industry professionals and everything but you know for the most part it is a tough industry um like there are times where yeah you will get rejection you know it's like i i had an audition um i think it was uh, august last year september last year mm. and they wanted big guys big strong mechanic looking fast and furious-esque mm. individuals and by that point i did hobbs and shaw so you so, were like pretty good yeah <laughs> I felt confident because I'm, I'm a big guy, um, you know, and I'm a big guy, I've done Hobbs and Shaw, okay, and I just need to change my outfit a little, I mean, yeah. and that's fine, I can look like a mechanic and all that, so I went in to this audition feeling pretty good about myself, <laughs> I was the smallest guy there, like, oh no, I couldn't believe it, like, um, yeah. definitely the shortest, um, but there were some guys who were just absolute monsters. Wow. And I thought, you know what, fine. But I didn't get a call back, but I'm okay with that because yeah. the right role will come. Yeah. And if you're an actor, the right role will come. You can't, you can't do, you can't do them all. You can't win them all. And I never take it personally either. It's like um, when I was uh, on The Gentleman, for instance. Yeah. There was a guy who said to me, you know, you were precisely the look that you had precisely the look that we were going for mm. you know you, you were exactly what we wanted for that tony i thought wow that's amazing you know and obviously it's a very subjective industry as well so yeah. if i didn't get a role hey i wasn't right for it that's okay you know yeah. and um you know it's your personality also and how you come across it that is what becomes your niche as well you know and for like um i think i count myself quite fortunate and lucky in that I look a certain way, um, so competition in terms of old, large Asians is fairly rare. <laughs> um, there aren't too many of us, um, but I think, um, you know, I, I th if you have a dream and you want to go somewhere with mm. that dream and take it somewhere, please just go for it, you know? It's like, there is a director called, I think, Mark Duplass. Mm. Um, yeah, he's done a few um, independent films um, on Netflix, I think, like Creep. And um, he he put out a statement saying, there is no reason why you and your friends can't film something every weekend. Mm. You have that time, you know? So, And with him, his films are independent. I, I don't think the budget is particularly high, mm. but um, his storytelling is fantastic, you know? I mean, whilst it might not be... It may not be my cup of tea, for instance. My yeah. goodness, the, the guy can tell a story, and he's done so well. Yeah. And so there is never an ex excuse for um, complacency, and I don't think you should ever make an excuse saying, "Oh, you know, there are better people out there." You can yeah. Do well, you know, I don't want to be the next Dwayne Johnson or the next Vin no. I want to be the first John Chazelle. You know, that's yeah. the most important. Thing. That is, and. So, to sort of lead on from that, I, I, I'm sure anyone who knows you and especially me sitting in this position now, um, will be waiting for the moment we get 
a, a John Shazam movie because uh, we, we we need that. Like it doesn't have to be like about you. Like just it has to be like a film that stars you, where you are you are the guy. You know, you are your own I'm person. Working You're working I'm on it. You're working on it. Yes, it, it, it's a film called The Way of the Warrior. And, um, it's uh, initially it was about change, and I'm all about how you can change as a person and how your approach to life later on changes according to life experiences. So what you so if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always had. And now if you change that, you'll get something different. Mm. And so that was my concept for the film, which um, got rewritten and uh, made into a uh, more of a revenge genre. Mm. Um, so I'm working on that, and I, I'd like to I'd like to uh, try and raise some funds for it. Yeah. So if anyone out there is listening, um, get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, by all means. And as I say to everybody who is a friend of mine and, you know, just knows me in general, any of my yeah, non-creative friends, if if you are making a six-figure salary and you're like an accountant and you've got like a spare, like so many thousand do- um, money, like pounds, dollars, whichever like currency you earn, um, you know, just think about us creatives who need a little bit of extra dosh. Uh, you know, if you can spare it, why not give it to John? Uh, why not give it to give it to um? I'd say Gov as well, possibly, because you know, I know he's got no, lots no, of fine. lots of lots of plans ahead. I know. Um, he's fine. He, he's, he's fine. He doesn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly. Honestly, I I just love this banter that we're having, and I feel like we could go on for hours and hours. But I'm I'm gonna cap it off just a little bit. Is there any sort of last remarks? I mean, you said you wanted to come back to a friend of yours that you um, uh, you want to talk about a friend of yours um that you knew from I think it was from Take Me Out. I think. Uh... Oh oh, David Chung. Yes. Um, so David and I have worked together a lot. We've been friends for years. Um, so he is a very well established actor, stunt performer. He's in a lot of adverts like Lucas Aid. Uh, Royal Army. More, I, I think, more specifically, he, you know, people know him to be the guy Mr. Bean turns into when he eats a Snickers bar. Now, yes. David and I are very good friends, and uh, we we've been trolling each other for about four years now, maybe a bit longer. Um, and it's like, uh, so I get tagged in some inappropriate casting call, shall we say? <laughs> oh no! And it is hilarious. And um, yeah. I was actually tracing this back because you know, if, you, if you follow both me and David on Instagram or even on, see our posts on Facebook, for instance, um, they are less than kind to each other, which is brilliant. But you, you need that yeah. camaraderie, you need that banter, you, need, you know. And um, I was looking back, actually, thinking, um, actually, who um, who started this? Yeah, and, who did uh, start it? <laughs> it was me who started it. Sure. He messaged me saying, hey, bro, are you free on this date to... Uh, to do a film, I'm choreographing. I said, yeah. oh, wow, cool, your choreography must be terrible. <laughs> or something like that. Wow, really? You? But you're terrible. Something along those lines. And I think and from it's... that point onwards, it's just descended into It's never ended. <laughs> never ended. Oh, well, um, a big shout out to uh, David Chung. A big shout out to him. I'm sure the war no, will... No, no, no. No shout, no shout out to baby Chung. <laughs> <laughs> the war will continue and the battles will never be won. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'll leave that on. Um, but quickly before we continue, John, uh, can you, do you want to uh, do a bit of self uh, like your social medias so people can follow you? I will link them, but do you want to give sure. us your websites and stuff sure. to follow if people want to get uh, follow your trails and stuff and more sure, yeah. so, um, social media war? It's uh, Shuizang, X-U-E, 
www.zhang.com or Shuzang PhD. So X E Z H A N G PhD, which is my Instagram handle. Uh, for my Facebook, it's Shuizang Official. I think it's. <laughs> okay, but I, 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 we'll, we'll talk afterwards, and I'll, I'll link it afterwards. So when this Thank episode you. goes out, um, lastly of all, any particular films you're looking forward to, be they ones that you're in or not, <laughs> any like, sorry, if you could name one film, what film are you looking forward to? Now we're sort of getting back to cinema going as well. Ah, one final plug for the podcast um thank you so much for coming on john it's been a pleasure talking to you and i hope to get you on again soon possibly when eternals does come out or when the john just hit me up when when the john movie comes out i'm sure we'll be doing a massive press kit on that one as well um thank you thank you very much for coming on john and thank you for your time thank you that's a wrap on take 97 the john sure zhang special and i'll see you later guys